was happy or not about his play. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job being aggressive. Um, and then there were some other times where trying to do a little too much in terms of getting into the with the turnovers. He had four turnovers in the first half. Um, all of our guys just just continue to move the basketball. Um, Trey be- played better as the game went on. Um, he hasn't played obviously in, in a little bit. Um, having said that, I know that he's gonna he'll, he'll, his performance. He'll, I'm expecting a big bounce back from him. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that um, Collins, Coach Collins, also touched on too. You heard it right there about. about a bit of a rust from the rest of the guys, not just Trey Murphy. Yeah, I think he, he got better as the game went on. I obviously, the, the four turnovers by him and Najee uh, a piece in the first um, first half, doing a pretty good job of getting to the paint. And like I said, just the overarching theme of getting to the paint and then either finishing and or creating the next best play um, for your teammates and those opportunities. Jordan, the graduate uh, last segment, saying you know, he expects more from Najee Marshall there as he – didn't exactly have the game that he would have liked to have, no doubt. Uh, just two points. Uh, nine points, rather. Nine points, but two of 12 from the floor. 0 for 4 from three-point land, but also four turnovers. Like That's, that's a lot for him in that aspect of it. As we mentioned, Jared Harper was another positive thing in a game in which the Pelicans did not shoot very well. 27.5% from the field. Um, that is not good. But... Harper did provide the offense off the bench, at least to kind of, you know, have something to talk about, Coach, on him. I thought Harper did a really good job bringing some juice. Um, obviously, he's one true point guard, um, scoring point guard, but really good job getting downhill, um, putting guys in spots. And uh, obviously, with Dyson going down, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for him. So we mentioned, though, Trey Murphy had the game high with 23 points. Aaron Summers, who joined us back in our number one talking about how he's been trying to work on a few other elements, including his ball handling. And first off, his thoughts on seeing Dyson go down. No, definitely. It's really tough for me, especially because summer league is a really fun time to showcase your abilities. You know, you're a rookie. You haven't played since college, you know. I mean, for him, G League. And so, you know, I feel for him. But uh, I, know he's a tr- I know he's a trooper, and he'll bounce back pretty soon. Uh, as far as his level of concern with the way the team played, um, still lost by 20 points or so, so wasn't good enough. Couldn't put the ball in the basket from three. Uh, but I mean, I feel like I'll handle that a lot better than most people. You know, there's some days I'm gonna be off. Some days Steph Curry was off. Some days Clay Thompson was off. So I think I'll be all right. Again, just one for nine from downtown doesn't mean he will not continue to keep shooting. Really, just staying aggressive at the end of the day. I mean, I know. Like the stuff I've been working on is really just you know creating off the bounce, doing things things like that. So I'm not too worried about the shot. So my shots falls is falling, and I'm getting to the basket like I was today tonight, and be a pretty good recipe. I agree. And that's one of the things that uh, even Schmidt Dua was tweeting about earlier this morning. That's something you definitely saw. Again, it's interesting hearing Coach Collins's feelings about Trey Murphy. How he wanted to do and seeing those four turnovers, but. You know, again, your eyes, when you're watching a game, Trey Murphy looked like an NBA player on that court, right? He looked like a guy that was better than anyone else on that court. I mean, that's my eyes. I don't know what you saw on that there as well or not. Uh, and final thoughts from Trey Murphy, trying to hopefully have a little bounce back game here uh, today in terms of the team. Uh, mainly just, you know, it got really stagnant and... um we didn't really get to the paint and kick out a lot in order to, you know, rotate defense. You know, something that we pride ourselves on in the regular season as well as the real team. 
and uh, that's something we'll get better on next game. I'm not too worried about it. I mean, it's game one of game five, so, so I mean, we'll be all right. All right, bounce back game at 5 o'clock. It's coming up, no doubt about it. So that's the Pelican standpoint. want to hear from you guys if you – Saw anything of it, uh, make anything of it, or looking forward to just seeing the game tonight. Just like seeing, you know, Pels on TV, no matter what, how it looks. Of course, the other big news is we are just waiting to see what happens with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the works. We touched on it last segment. You heard Brian Windhorst touch on the DeAndre Ayton trade that likely may happen today to Indiana for Miles Turner. We'll see what other elements and points that is, if that makes the Suns a contender for KD or not. The whole thing, though, that you saw over the weekend in Vegas is the fact that Kyrie Irving is out there, and every time he walks out there, everyone sees him. LeBron's out there with Palenka, the GM for the Lakers, who's seen talking to the GM of the Nets and Sean Marks, and everyone's convinced now that Kyrie Irving absolutely is going to be a Los Angeles Laker. Win or some the whole situation over there in LA. I don't think it's LeBron going to the Lakers and saying, You've got to get me Kyrie Irving. Uh, I have to have Kyrie Irving. I think it's LeBron's opinion. We need to improve. How can we improve? And the answer, the, really the only answer that I can see, is Kyrie Irving. Hmm. So it's interesting to see how that goes. Rafael Esparza last segment saying, well, not last segment, last hour, also saying that he thinks from what he's hearing over there in Vegas, players, I see, I would think that you wouldn't want to see him in L.A. and all that, and he said the direct opposite. He gets the sense of feeling that players would love to see him there so they can have something else to go after L.A. and then really um, put a clamp on, on any of those thoughts there as well. I don't know. I know. I, I still think as much as I can't stand it, um, I, I hear you, but a, a healthy A.D., LeBron, and Kyrie Irving, I mean, if, if you don't think they're at the very minimum a playoff team, I, I and I know you can say, well, AD has to stay healthy. And you, I know you can say Kyrie Irving has to want to play. If he's trying to force a move to the Lakers, that means he's motivated. That means he wants to play. That means he wants to go and be with those players, and including, you know, Kevin Durant. One of the other things that I find interesting, too, though, is with the KD thing, and we haven't really talked about, quote-unquote, legacy or how he's going to be viewed or not, but Mike Greenberg kind of touched on that this morning, on how he feels that it is something that it's, you know, kind of set in stone in terms of that if you're, whether or not you see him become another champion or not or how how are you always going to feel I guess is what I'm saying uh, about Kevin Durant and is it going to change your opinion of him is it going to be something that you just look at and say hey look he's gone from OKC to Golden State to Brooklyn to now wherever it is that he's going like do you view him now differently with him requesting a trade again for me I would even feel that if he had a year left final season left. The fact that he has four years left does make me view him differently. Why aren't you saying to Brooklyn, hey, trade Kyrie if Kyrie's the problem and do what it is that you need to do and we're going to try to win here. Like, why, why not that? That is something that I do think is something that, that's a valid you know, 
argument in point here. He has four years remaining. And he wants out of there. So is it Kyrie or is it the situation? Is it Nash? Is it what? I mean, I, I don't know. That's one of the reasons, though, I do think that the market, which is all the reports this weekend, that maybe Brooklyn thought was out there just simply isn't out there. You're taking on a lot. Both of those players are a lot. Not just in compensation, but just to deal with. Here was Greeny this morning. This is Greeny with Mike Greenberg. 16 teams in the NBA made the playoffs this year, and only one of them didn't win a game. And they were the Brooklyn Nets with a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie. It can't look worse. So forget the legacy. That's already out the window. If you want your legacy to be Steph-like, that's done. It's over. Steph has a legacy. Durant's legacy is entirely different. It's jumping from place to place and never really being able to find contentment. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you think contentment and something's going to follow him, I guess, for the rest of his career? The other topic that's been getting a lot of national attention is ESPN's Jeremy Fowler put out a list of top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, the top 10, comprised of... Players, scouts, and front office personnel. Lamar Jackson's not in the top 10, and it's gotten some people to get upset over it because they think he should be a top 10 quarterback. Joe Burrow, by the way, five, and Herbert is listed below him. And so it's two different ways to sort of look at it, at least from here locally, because obviously Burrow. And what he did with LSU was somebody I think a lot of people are always going to follow his career moving forward. And I I am one of those guys that I've been saying in the past. I, I'm surprised that not all of people talk about him and put Herbert above him based on what he did last year. First full, somewhat healthy season. I mean, he absolutely helped lead the Bengals to a Super Bowl. And, and darn near, if it gets a block, might have won it. Might have won it. It was there. The play was there. It was definitely there. Um, but here's Jeremy Follow as to why he thinks Lamar was not in the top ten. Last year, Lamar Jackson came in eighth place, and this year he got jumped by Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who had massive second years, and then Deshaun Watson is back on the list at number nine, which, you know, is a difficult situation. We don't know how long he's going to play this year. Wasn't on the list last year, and so that opened a spot for Lamar. Now those three spots are gone. That moves him from eight to 11. Uh, but, you know, talking to people around the league, you know, they say, look, he, he, he didn't have the best year as a passer, struggled with the blitz at times, and that offense, it's difficult to be a pure pocket passer when you major in running the ball and minor in passing where other quarterbacks like Dak Prescott who edged him for that 10th spot more of a pure pocket passer more of a pass first offense Lamar doesn't have that luxury honorable mention uh Kyler Murray was in there Derek Carr was also in there Jameis Winston was not honorable mention um in that list so just again just a list for what it's worth we'll take a quick break we come back Marlon Favorite will ask him if he's uh recovered from yet another concert over the weekend. And uh, also when we look at that list, which of those 10 you think would keep him uh, up at night? We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Sports Hangover at ESPN New Orleans. Shrimp boxes are coming. 
since 1948. At 74 years, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft coupling, single V-struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their sails are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. We'll have an open segment coming up at the bottom of the hour. Marlon favorite at Big Faye 504 is the way to follow him on Twitter. Inside the Trenches, the podcast. And uh soon, probably going to have to go through, I don't know, security... Well, I'm going to have to, like, book you months in advance. This is going to be like an appearance fee as uh, you are blowing up, sir. How are you? Man, Gus, I am doing fine, brother. Happy Monday. Hello, somebody. Uh, but just, just enjoying it. And as you mentioned, we've been having an active weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just loving the, the ball of broadcasting, man. I can't lie to you, Gus. I didn't anticipate this type of buzz coming from this album. But it's great, man. And uh, oh, thanks again for your feature too. <laughs> nah, man, it's uh, fantastic. Like I said, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm watching the videos, and and it's awesome to kind of just see you performing after performing after performance. And you know, I gotta, I gotta give you. I mean, we're gonna do this like we're doing a game. You know, last week I, I mentioned I, I was wondering if there was like AC in there. You, you looked like you were, you know, you were focused, but um, you were laboring a bit, dude. I this this last weekend. I don't know if they had better air conditioning or not, but you didn't look nearly as sweaty. And and maybe maybe you're 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 kind of getting into the you know the the performing legs, you know, kind of like that first football game, right? You're, you're a little bit better in that second game. I think so. It's like the preseason, right? The first couple shows I did with a little reason, everybody else, you know, it's like the preseason games got to get in shape. But the last show I did was shout out to Big Frank, Little Frank. Right. I appreciate them for having me uh, open up for me and uh, Millie on bags. Uh, Millie on bags, too. See, teamwork makes the dream work, right, Gus? He's been 
we've been each other's hype men for, for our song. So <laughs> get a little chance to catch a breath while I'm, you know, while, while I'm dancing. Right. <laughs> no, no, so I'm saying it was good timing. You know, it was a good volley. Like, you know, he'd say something and I'd see you get ready. You do some moves and you were ready to go. It was, it was, it was fun to watch, man. Um, Marlon, hard to believe, two weeks from today, we will be in the week of training camp. The rookies would have already reported uh, two Tuesdays from tomorrow, veterans report. So it is around the corner. At this point, just like from a player's perspective, are you are you still like working out? You get, are you getting pumped up? Are you are you getting work in? Or are you probably taking the final two weeks before camp um, time off your legs and, and, and maybe not doing anything since you've been probably working out um, throughout the summer? Because if I'm being honest with you, a guy like me. I'm scared of that scale. So right now, I'm I'm doing a lot of conditioning, heavy conditioning, um, making sure that I'm in shape to show up. It's not so much about technique, improving your technique, or you know things of that nature. At this point in time, it's, it's more along the lines of uh, being in shape because once once you get in the training camp, like the first the first few days be good. The first the first few days are on point, Gus. Right. Uh, in the spiders, right when you're just in helmets and, and 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 shirts, but once you put those pads on and it's August September heat, it's a different ball game. So it, it's, it's kind of along those lines for the big men up front, I should say. <laughs> no, I understand. Like I said, you know, it's crazy when you think about it. That Wednesday it'll be a full month of days before the first preseason game, Marlon, August thirteenth against the Texans is the first preseason game, and that's a Saturday. And it really isn't a long time. You and I say this every time of year uh, when we're around here, and, and it's that you really don't have a ton of time. And I think it maybe people have changed in, in that back in the day, Marley, even when, when you were going to training camp, you had two-a-days, right? So teams would kind of round into form, round into shape, do all those things, you could probably do that in camp. Whereas now, Marlon, if you don't put in the work at OTA, mini camp, and in the summer, I think there's a good opportunity you get left behind, and, and it hurts you because if the Saints' first practice is Wednesday the 27th, then you have two Wednesdays, which is the 10th, and that's game week. I mean, you play the Texans that Saturday on the 13th, so it's what you and I have always said. You only really have two weeks of practices, and you have off days in between. You don't have two days anymore. You you don't have time to learn the playbook and get all that stuff in when you show up to training camp. This is true, Gus. That, that new CBA changed the game because you usually have those four weeks to prepare and you can get in, in decent shape in a month. Let's be honest. The veterans on the team, they don't really deal with a lot of heavy practices, more conditioning and, and, and refreshing your mind. Whereas with with the actual um, rookies and, and the, the younger players or the veterans that are like two- or three-year veterans trying to make their stride, those guys have to treat this month, like you asked me before, like it's right. the first few weeks of training camp. So. Like we saw Michael Thomas running some routes. So for like a lineman, it's basically working and getting get off, getting with guys like myself, uh, a BT Jordans of the world, you mm-hmm. know, guys like Phil and uh, you know Gary over at DLS to make sure, hey, you're in shape. One, two, your your technique is, is is pretty much on point, and then lastly, you're, you're healthy, 
hot and cold tub, getting treatment, and, and most importantly, getting your body in shape. No doubt. Speak with Marlon Fay right at Big Fay 504. We've got plenty of time to start getting into some of the storylines in the training camp. We'll focus on that when training camp week opens in two weeks on that Monday. Marlon, in the meantime, it's list season. List here, list there, list everywhere. And sometimes they aggravate people when uh, guys like, say, Lamar Jackson isn't in the top ten. Some people have very solid arguments as to why he's not, and then others have solid arguments as to why he should be. Marlon Favorite is Lamar Jackson one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. Why or why not? I put him in the top ten, and it's simply because of his ability. His ability to, at any given moment, he can have a thousand-yard season, and I think that's still valuable in this game. When you look at the quarterback position, and you know, and for guys who are who are heavy into their position, they play quarterback in, in high school or college. You have this pro-style quarterback, someone who can sit back in the pocket, let the offensive line do their work, going through the basically Tom Brady, right? Lamar isn't that. He can, he can throw the ball, but Lamar is in a position where he's going to, if everything fails, and this is what, when guys make these top ten lists and they start rating players, when everything fails, Lamar Jackson is okay <laughs> because of those feet he has. Now, you have some haters, and I'm not even a Ravens fan like that. Now, you know this, but I just call it spade a spade. The game of spade has never changed, you know. And, and, and at, the, at the very end of the day, for Lamar, the numbers that – he really proved his name fair wrong last year because he was putting up pretty good passing numbers as well. So, he, he's really he, – essentially, he, he, he's Cam Newton 2.0. Right. And as long as his legs are working, he's in a, he's in a top tier quarterback. So that, that's just the bottom line, my brother. Aaron Rodgers is number one. At number two is Pat Mahomes. Josh Allen at three. Tom Brady four. That's somebody obviously we've talked a lot about your time when you were trying to make the Patriots roster over there and your relationship with him and just being able to kind of see firsthand why that made him so good. You know, he, he's not the guy on this list. That has the arm of a of a Herbert or the quickness of a you know Mahomes or running ability of Lamar. It's just the fact that he can think through the game so much of the mental aspect of it there as well. I bring that up because number five is Joe Burrow, and obviously we saw him win a national championship here at LSU, and you saw it from game one to the final game he played. There's just something about him. He just he 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 gets it and. The write-up on him is one NFL offensive coach said, I hate to compare anybody to Brady, but he might be the closest thing. What he did in taking nine sacks in that playoff game against Tennessee and not flinching, he hung in there. He's just got a toughness about him and the ability to think through a game. I remember asking you about that, Marlon, after that happened, where you guys, the phrase, smell blood in the water, right? Like when, when a quarterback is flinching, happy feet, and you know you got to him. Like I remember asking you after that game, as a D lineman, as a D tackle, when you get to him nine times and that dude is still flinging the ball and it doesn't affect him, it all of a sudden probably starts affecting you mentally, right? It does, just to a certain extent. <laughs> and every time you bring up getting to a quarterback, Umpteen times, it always takes me back to my second to last year in arena when I was with when I missed six and a half sacks on Rohan Day. Like I would have crushed the uh, uh, New Orleans Voodoo sack record had I got half of the sacks in that game. But 
to your point, for that defensive line, and Tennessee has, has a really good defensive line, by the way. Right. To get the quarterback, linebackers and, and D-line. Because remember, they, they sent six a couple of times, five a few times as well. Nine times and still lose that game? Yeah, that does bring it. Because defense wins championships. So I think that defense did everything in their ability to win that game. I mean, you sack the quarterback, that quarterback is rough. And that's why Joe is smacked up in the middle of that list. I saw it early with him. Just I saw it in 18. I saw it in 18. Like, he has this, this grit about him. Like, when he got hit in, uh, I think this is the Florida game, he got stuck. And y'all got in the Miami game, too. He pops up like, yeah, what's up? You don't catch that out of quarterback. Yeah, that kid's going to have – he has Tom Brady. It's like Tom Brady, let's say, met – I don't want to say Michael Vick because Joe's not that fast, but he it's – like, it's like he met Russell Wilson, you know, somebody who can run the ball and can throw like Tom and can have poise in their pocket. So, yeah, Joey, Joey B, I threw Joey in one of my raps. You heard me on that? <laughs> <laughs> <It's really nice. laughs> I hear you, man. Like I said, I, there's just something about him, and again – Look, it's it's why he's going to go down as one of the greatest I've ever played. But literally, if Aaron Donald is a half second slower or he gets chipped enough, I, I really think Burrow hits Chase for a game winning, Super Bowl winning touchdown bomb. And and, and I mean, like, how does that change players' trajectories? Right? We talked about this all the time in in the Breeze era. What if they got past the Rams and they win another one? Or you know, in 11, where everybody feels like that was another team that could have won, and you're a two-time or three-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, just, you know, you, you like to think they're going to get back there again, but Marlon, the AFC, we're going to start previewing conferences starting next Monday. We'll look at the AFC. That's a loaded conference. There's no guarantee that Joe Burrow and the Bengals will be back in the Super Bowl. There's no guarantee, Gus. You have the you only give the Patriots a little bit of time. The Patriots like Alabama to a certain extent. Like, once Bill gets into it, that's a wrap. So you have them over there. Miami made a ton of improvements this offseason. You know, just, just in, in the AFC alone, I mean, you still have Buffalo. But, oh, my gosh, Josh Allen. You still have the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert. So I do think the Bengals are equipped to go deep into the playoffs. But I don't know if it's that magical season that we had last year because they definitely have the skill players. It's, it's going to be the conversation they had about the Bengals when they drafted Joe Burrow. And then when they drafted Jamar Chase, who's the offensive line? So if they could come back with the – if that offensive line can find a way in their top five offense, even top ten offensive lines in, in, in the NFL, those guys can make a similar run like they did last year. Marlon, on Friday, we'll talk about the hot month of July that LSU has had Brian Kelly in recruiting. Five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown looks like he's uh, going to be a Tiger, but you, you never know until obviously you get them on campus and all that, though. But uh So let's focus on that here a little bit as well as we get closer to not only the start of Saints training camp, but before you know it, uh, the Tigers will be out there practicing and getting ready for their season opener, which will be here in the Superdome. So we will talk then, sir. I will talk to you on Friday. Florida State, that game is. I can't wait for it, Gus. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Aaron uh, Ashton Stamp from Rumble. He just signed. I was actually at his signing field. And then, of course, man, LSU's been kind of looking at Cantrell at that touch school. So we'll talk oh, on Friday. Tell about okay, that. I love that as well. Plus, also, we'll get a little more on your thoughts on Tyron Matthew. Had his camp over at the Saints facility over the weekend. Just ran out of time, but we're going to talk about that on Friday. Thank you, Ireland. Appreciate it as always, man. Continue success. 
Have a good week, fellas. All right, quick break. Phone lines are open. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Nobody don't dance on the edge of the dark. We've got the radio. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching your kid how to parallel park. Ouch! <laughs> Turns out he likes to do it by feel. <laughs> Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. <laughs> They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. We don't bring the phones in the bed anymore, in, in, the, in the bedroom anymore. We have a little, a little bucket, and when you go into our room, like you literally put the phone in the little basket. Well, how do you ignore your family though? What do you mean? How it's do you family. ignore your family if you do, if you put your phone in the bucket? You mean like I'm mom. focused on my family? Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> yes, I thought, I'm focused I on my actual. I, see. Family. I was wondering how you ignored what? your family if you don't have your phone. KJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation if you would like so here as well. I saw this floated earlier today. I don't know if it's a rumor, wishful thinking, or whatever, but the disciplinary action on Deshaun Watson is expected to come down either, but well, it's expected to come down tomorrow through, tomorrow through the start of training camps. So over the next two weeks, it can it can be tomorrow, it could be as late as the start of camp. They do feel that it will be before the start of training camp. But I saw somebody float out there that the Browns could possibly call Andrew Luck. I don't know if that was a joke or not, but yeah, oh, that's the case. Again, I just sit there and think, what if the Sean Watson would have picked the New Orleans Saints? How different things would be, I think, right? Probably. So we've touched on a handful of uh, topics here today. If you'd like to chime in, buddy, we'll take your phone calls over the Little Studios, 800-998-1003. Game 2, the Pelicans Summer League coming up at 5 p.m. They will take on the Hawks. Dyson Daniels, likely you're not going to see him the rest of the Summer League after stepping on a foot, driving the paint 
in game number one on Saturday. He played eight minutes, finished with the point. He was one of two in the free throw line, two assists, a rebound. And the reason why you likely won't see him is because the Pels play again Wednesday and then Friday. That's it. The Wizards and the Lakers. I just don't see why you would try to get him after a sprained ankle this week with three games to play within the week. I just doesn't make much sense. So we've touched on that. Trey Murphy had 23 points on that as well. And um, he had a rough day on Saturday from beyond the arc. One of nine from three-point land. So let's see how they bounce back. Jared Harper from Auburn had 18 points in 29 minutes. So that's coming up at five. We'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, everyone's kind of keeping an eye on what's going on with the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving situation here as well. And then over the weekend, Damian Lillard uh, making a bit of a commitment here, or should I say Portland making a commitment to him. Two years, $162 million. So, yeah, divide it. That's 61 per Damian Lillard. If I do something that goes against who I am, and say I do end up winning. I know me better than any of y'all know me. So I'd be happy with it because I don't think anybody wouldn't be happy being a champion, but it wouldn't be as fulfilling to me as, as I would want that moment to be. As long as I have an opportunity to do it, you know, a, a good opportunity to do it, I'm willing to, to go out however. Now that was the answer to the question about whether or not he would Go and try to find the best opportunity in place to win as opposed to staying in Portland and trying to win it there and sign the contracts they did. Again, look, I could hear what he's saying when he says, hey, look, uh, I'm fine, $61 million per for the next two. May placate if you, if you win it or not overall. But look, I'll say this. Since he's been there, he's probably had opportunities. And he could be just like some of the top names and players in this league have done already. Second, they traded C.J. McCollum and some of the players last year. I want out. When they were looking for a new head coach, I want out. He didn't have to sign that extension. There are plenty of teams in the NBA that would have offered Damian Lillard max money, as much as they could under the rules and the contract in order to do so. They, they would have done anything they possibly could. Obviously, signing a deal that gets you $61 million, you know, has something to do with it. But again, it kind of goes to what I was saying when it goes to Kevin Durant. And I play what Mike Greenberg said about what his legacy is going to be. I mean, when you look at Damian Lillard, and that's why I played that bite just now. He says, look, I, I want to be at least given an opportunity to win here, and I want to win it here. And he said, because of it, it wouldn't be as fulfilling. Now, whether we want to believe that or not, I know we're a cynical society now. We don't believe anybody actually cares about anyone other than themselves. But it sounds like, again, per his word, words, that if he was to win one in Portland, it would mean more than winning one somewhere else. And and I guess that's the thing when you look at what Durant is doing or how people will view him and his legacy. He has four years left in Brooklyn in under contract. And, and under 
any reports at all has it been, hey, let's make this work here. The second Kyrie said he opted in, he said, trade me. He didn't say, Brooklyn, let's make it work. Brooklyn, trade Kyrie Irving. Brooklyn, bring in other players. It's trade me. I mean, I don't know how else you, you can look at a player like that other than, it. you know, the loyalty belongs in, to the individual. And look, I understand it. You you are you have every right to, to think about yourself and do what's best for you, your family, however you want to say it. I, I, I hear you. But as I said on Friday, I do think, and it was a very interesting tidbit, and it goes back to what Draymond Green said, and that's what we were talking about. And, and Draymond Green brought up the fact that would we be viewing players differently if, let's say, it was business, corporations, and would we feel the same way? Would we act the same way? And he brought up a good point, and I understand it's interesting. But I said I do think it is different based on the fact that in sports and in in, in team oriented or something of this nature, you are building around that said player. Like Brooklyn did what they did when they brought him in to be the guy to build around him, right? I mean, that's, that's what they thought when you sign that contract to five years or whatever and you have four years left. The last thing you're thinking of is that. He's going to ask for, you know, to be traded. So I think from that standpoint, it is different. Here's what Draymond Green had to say, and we can discuss this here. We got another open segment, if you like, before the top of the hour, and Matt Muscone have to further review. But again, I played what you just heard. From Damian Lillard, and he says it would mean more, or it wouldn't mean as much if it wouldn't be there in Portland. And and here's what he had to say about we shouldn't judge Draymond Green for hopping around. If Kevin Durant says I I actually don't want to be here anymore, I want to go to somewhere else. Why does it matter? Why does that make you weak? Why does that make him? You know, it means he's running from something. If someone leaves Google to go to Apple after three or four years. And then they leave Apple after two years to go to Tesla. And then they leave Tesla after four years to go to DocuSign. No one's going to say that person ran. Everyone's going to say that person did what was best for their career. Cajun Goat, thank you for calling us on the Sports Hangover. What you got for us? Let me straighten out Draymond real quick. Okay, Apple and Google and all that, there's a competition, but it's not a competition of a manhood. When you're playing basketball and these guys go at each other, it's I'm the best in the league. You heard John Morant. You heard what John Morant said. Do you have any feeling, uh, Gus, that John Morant would ever leave the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, he has. Would he walk away from yet. a challenge? Right. Well, no, that's not. Yeah. Would he that's walk a away very from good a challenge? That's Look, a good point. That's a good point. Did Jordan ever leave the Bulls? No, because he's such a competitor 
He's telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. Mm-hmm. Did Kobe Bryant ever leave the Lakers? No, because he says, no, I'm going to make this work. Uh, did, um, Magic Johnson ever leave the Lakers? No, he said, I'm going to make, this is me. I'm going to make this work. So, you know, these guys that want to leave, I think it's a cop out and it's a competition. If you're the best and you want to make your team the best, that's why everybody likes Damian Lillard. That's why everybody likes a John Morant. That's why everybody likes a Stephen Curry, even though they might want to have a little hate for him because they've beaten his team. But you do love that guy, and you love watching that guy. I think when guys move around like LeBron did, who's the more hated basketball player? LeBron James. Why is that, Gus? He shouldn't be. He's a great player, but he is because of the way he moves around. Anthony Davis. Why, why should he be a hated player? Because he didn't show the grit to stick it out in the position he was in yeah. to do what he had to do. And, and to your point, you know, Go, that's the difference. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, that's why I'm saying I, I understand what Draymond Green is saying. And he has a point in that in business. When, like, if I, if I came on the air and said, hey, you know, ESPN New Orleans or I don't know, LA, ESPN 1000 wants me. You guys, I'm assuming, would call and congratulate me, right? But yeah, exactly. I mean, I but I do think the counter to that is I'm not a team sport, right? Like ESPN National or whatever radio station isn't completely dependent at my level, right? Like I'm not talking about like the national level where. You are a nationally syndicated host for something or anchor. Then yes, like the, the anchor for the evening news for the networks, like those people that they're paying you because they're dependent that you bring in the ratings, the numbers and all that other stuff. So that may be a little bit different, but even still, you know, you're, you're kind of responsible to certain things in team sports. I, I think Cajun go along the lines of your, what you're alluding to. I, how do I build? If I'm a GM or a coach or something around the best player, if the best player may leave every year, like it, that, that's just not feasible. I don't know how you do it. And that was the, my problem. I always had with AD is that it has to weigh on a locker room. It has to weigh on the personnel. It has to weigh in the hallways of a building where after every loss, you remember, huh, Cajun Goat? After every loss, the Pels would lose two or three in a row. Oh, AD's going to request a trade. I mean, if, if the Pels were, right. you exactly. know, three and five in an eight-game straight, oh, he's, he's not going to come back. He's not going to resign. Like, that weighs on you. It weighed on me. It weighed on me. I I don't have no relevance into it. It's just like enough already. It were, It's not realistic to where every single game you have to win or lose or that player is unhappy. You know what? Leave then, if that's the case. And they did, and it was better for everybody, I think, at the end of the day. But Take it, take it as, a, as a money analogy, Gus. If, you get, if you're getting paid to make a, a – uh, if he wants to do the Google thing, if you're getting paid top dollar to make Google number one or whatever, and you're not getting it done, but you move to another franchise and to get paid top dollar again, why should you get paid the top dollar again? You didn't do your job. Let's not, you gotta be number one, right? You gotta right. win something, right? If yeah. you did your job, you can't, you can't use that analogy. And another thing you can't use that analogy on, Gus, is that this is a physicality game. This is physical. I'm not body checking nobody at Google to get a top spot. You know, you have to use your, you have to use your brain and you have to, you have to have the physical ability to do what those guys do. 
and and it comes with macho-ness or whatever you want to call it, manhood, but they have to show that they're the best. Right. Like, I love Ja, uh, ja Morant's mentality about the Michael Jordan thing. Do I think he could beat Michael Jordan? No right. way, but... No, and you, you know heard what I'm him, saying? that's why I played I like that bite. I like the mentality yep. or the and Mamba that, mentality. And that's why I played that bite, because you could hear the context in it. Thank you so much, Cage and Goat. Appreciate the phone call. Final segment next. Right, Don't bro, go anywhere. Stay with me. Uh, Eric, I'll go to you out of the break next on ESPN Worlds. There are seven of us. That's right, seven. I'm Addie Ramsey. I'm Wesley Ramsey Jr. I'm Caroline Ramsey. And I'm her brother, Jackson. I'm Julia Ramsey. And I'm Roberta Wyatt. And now I'm pointing at our sister, Emmeline, because she's only one year old and she can't talk yet. Wave at the nice people, Emmeline. She's waving at you. Let's all clap for baby Emmeline. Our great-grandfather, Bob Ramsey, taught our grandfather. That's Robert Ramsey. And our great-aunt, Lori. That's his sister. How to make people happy. And now our fathers, Bobby and Wes, are teaching us how to make people happy, too. Because that's what Ramseys do. That's what Ramseys do. That's what Ramseys do. We make people happy. That's what we do. Look, everybody, Emmeline's waving again. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joeseptic at viscom.net. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Eric would get on up out of here at 2.54, sir. So it's 2.51. The rest of the time is yours. What you got for us? Hey, how you doing? Uh, for the, uh, the second um, player drafted by the Pelicans in the second round, uh, was that Melichick? I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, Mart, Mart, Markovic, Markovic, Carlo Markovic, Markovic, okay. there it is. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they say he has some nice skills, good physicality, and he played well the first game. I didn't see the first game. Mm-hmm. If he continues to do well, even during the summer league, is there a possibility they would forego the European league and him into Birmingham? I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, they said – when they drafted him, that was the plan, and you know, just kind of want to see where he's at in summer league. But my guess is the plan is to still kind of send him out there. I mean, he'd have to uh-huh. he'd have to be dropping thirty, forty points a game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, because say he's another Herb Jones type of situation. I mean, you just leave him over there in, the, in Europe, and they can possibly right. contribute this year. You know, right? Uh, it'd be interesting to see. 
I'll let you get on to yourself. Thanks a lot. No, not a problem, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for the phone call. 800-998-1003. There's a way to chime in. And again, uh, we'll be getting you ready for, I guess, the, the start of camp and the season coming up, man. It's crazy. Just two weeks from today, we'll be in training camp week. Rookies would have already reported vets reports the Tuesday of that week. I think the 26th. And we probably should be getting the official schedule probably this week, if not next week for sure, of the dates, the practices and such. And again, I would imagine it's going to be pretty much like what we've had before. Your, you know, 840, 850 starts to practice. They go about two and a half hours or so right before noon is probably when they will wrap up. You know how it works. If it's outside, you can show up. If it's indoors, you can't. And... Then you kind of get into it again. When we were talking with Marlon Favorite, it's crazy. It really isn't that long until you start seeing a preseason game. If they do start the 27th, 28th, that Wednesday, Thursday, that first Saturday is the 30th, the next Saturday is the 6th, and then the one after that's the 13th. That's the Saints taking on the Texans in Houston. And then on the 19th, on the following Friday, they will be at Green Bay. And then the only preseason game here at home will be that third one, kind of a bit of a dress rehearsal. So if you're a Justin Herbert fan, it'll be the Chargers on August 26th, and that is a Friday. So Saints preseason games should be fun right around the corner. And um, we will see. All right, so we did the top ten list of the quarterbacks here. Let's see what other lists come out overnight and uh, early tomorrow. We'll have that for you until 12 o'clock tomorrow. Matt Moscone, and after further review, takes on over. You've been listening to the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only 